welcome to another episode of the Clavenating EMT. Thank you. Thank you very much. Please. Thank you. All right. And this, of course, is Mr. Haybu, my co-host, sitting on top of my head cursing. So today I'm going to talk about uh, CPR. That's cardiopulmonary resuscitation. For uh, anyone keeping track of acronyms, I know I gave up a long time ago. Um, this is a big deal, and uh, it's it's very encouraging to see more people are uh, are getting certified, especially uh, in the sports world. You know, uh, coaches and uh, teachers and people like that. Uh, that's great. Uh, CPR. Uh, it works, and uh, it needs to be started immediately. Uh, uh, witnessing an, an arrest. There's uh, 365,000 uh, cardiac arrests a year in America, and 90% of those are fatal out of hospital. Uh, I guess there's 365,000 out of hospital cardiac arrests, and 90% of those are fatal. Um, yeah, that that needs to that needs to change. Um, anyone can get certified in uh, BLS. Um, or uh, CPR, and uh, I would encourage anyone. Uh, it, it's super, super important because uh, you don't know where you're going to be. You could be in a crowd somewhere. You could be doing something, and uh, if you know good CPR and uh, get recertified every, I don't know, three to five years maybe, because um, hopefully you won't need it, but it's like insurance. Uh, you're hoping you don't ever have to use it, but you're glad you have it. Uh, when you need it, and that's the training. So, uh, you can go to the Red Cross, um, the American Heart Association. You can look them up, see where and there's always classes somewhere uh, in your area. And uh, like I say, I encourage anyone to go out and uh, get certified and learn about CPR. Super, super important. So, anyhow, and uh, I'm not going to, this is going to be a short one today just because I'm not going to go into the details of CPR. Um, I'm not qualified to teach at this point, even though that's my next step is uh, to become an instructor in CPR. I think it's that important. And, uh, you know, there's nothing more discouraging than uh, when the tones drop and you're sitting around and uh, either the station or on your pager and the tones drop and say, uh, you know, and, and, 50-year-old uh, male or female, whatever, 50-year-old, uh, um, unconscious, uh, not breathing, and RP refuses to start CPR. You know, RP is the person calling uh, calling the arrest in. Now, I get it's stressful and you don't want to hurt the person, but, you know, like my like my EMT teacher told me, you can't make them any more dead. I mean, they're basically dead, you know, and they're getting deader every second that they're not getting compressions. Uh, they've got about four to six minutes worth of oxygenated blood in their body. And what you're trying to do is to move that around. Um, and this is hands-only CPR. You know, if you're lucky enough to have someone uh, someone with you, I, you know, the whole mouth-to-mouth thing is... A little bit passe, but it's still done, uh, apparently. Um, 
but more importantly is moving that oxygenated blood around uh, in the body, especially to the brain. That's where it needs to go to. And after four to six minutes, uh, the, the patient will get uh, brain damage. And it's going to take um, first responders at least at least that long uh, to get on scene. Even if they're doing a, a duty crew and they're nearby, um, you know, four, four minutes is pretty good. So uh, it's really frustrating because uh, the dispatcher, um, when you know, if you, if you uh, have to call in, you know, if you witness a cardiac arrest and you call 911, the dispatcher will talk you through uh, CPR. And, uh, you know, you put your phone on speaker and they'll calm you down and they'll tell you exactly what you need to do and for how long. And uh, that's why... It's really discouraging when when we hear the the tones go and you know they drop and then uh, they say the RP refuses to start CPR. I mean that's that's your prerogative, of course. Uh, and I can see the stress and the anxiety and everything like that. But uh, part of getting certified is you get to practice. And you know, granted, they're only mannequins and everything, but at least you get the feeling of uh, doing CPR. I've done CPR more times than I can remember and um, it can be intimidating you know you're you're pushing down on this person's chest um, you know a hundred times a minute is what's recommended or the keeping time with either another one bites the dust which is a little morbid don't sing it while you're doing CPR uh, or staying alive I imagine you can sing that while you're doing it that's not inappropriate, but uh, it's also not nearly as funny, you know. So, thank you. I will be here all week. I live here. Where else am I going to go? Uh, anyhow, um, but super, super important to start those compressions immediately. And then the training that you get... Um, from your CPR training will kick in and you'll be calm and cool and you'll work that person until uh, first responders can come in and take over. So uh, that's the thing to do. Um, and uh, if you're lucky, and I hate to even use that word when it comes to medicine, but um, there's a thing called ROSC that you know is every first responder's dream. And it stands for a return of spontaneous circulation. That's uh, when you take someone that's fully arrested, you know, basically they're dead, and you bring them back to life. I mean, that's simplistic as hell, but uh, that's what ROSC means. You take someone whose heart stopped beating, and you got it to start again, um, either through uh, CPR or AED. That's the other uh, component. Um... Because chances are, not always, I don't know what the chances are, but um, if you're in, in a grocery store, at a, a sports arena, um, office building, a lot of places have um, automatic electronic defibrillators, AEDs, and, um, in little cases. And you open them up and uh, you open the case on them and a voice starts telling you exactly what to do. 
you know, it's really calm, really deliberate. It tells you exactly where to put the pads, how to use them, and everything like that. And to stay clear when you're uh, giving a shock to the patient. So, um, because if you don't stay clear... It's more like, uh, I'm, it's more like this. Yeah, it, it really hurts. Um, so, anyhow, uh, you can get AED training also with your CPR training. And uh, I think you can probably get them at the same time. Uh, I highly, highly recommend getting both. Like I say, I can't, I, there's, there's not too many things that I, I, I push and believe in, but uh, getting CPR and AED training, um, that is one. And anyone can do it. And it's not very expensive. I don't know what the classes run exactly. I do all my training through the county. Um, but I definitely recommend it. Uh, you could literally save someone's life. I, uh, I got ROSC, or Return of Spontaneous Circulation, uh, one time so far um i've got it a couple times but um the outcomes weren't good uh the patient ended up dying uh, later but one one rosk i did get and i still uh i keep the email um i feel like i should print it out and frame it um but uh i i got a call uh this is uh through fire and um me and my partner get on scene, and uh, the patient had just arrested. Um, they were in the uh, passenger side of a car, and uh, the RP had called in and saying that uh, their their aunt was acting strange and, and saying weird things and uh, started losing consciousness and called 911 and pulled into a parking lot, and uh, we got there pretty quickly. And when we got there, um, the patient was dead. There was no pulse, no breathing, nothing. Um, we grabbed the patient, uh, pulled her out onto the uh, parking lot, and uh, immediately started doing CPR, uh, hooked up an AED, and uh, we got a pulse back. It was amazing. And then uh, the cool thing is that the... Uh, the ALS crew um, ended up sending us a really nice email later saying that the patient had actually walked out of the hospital a few days later. So there was no brain damage. And, uh, you know, I was saying, oh, great job. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for someone to, uh, you know, give the middle finger to death if, if at all possible. Um, yeah, I don't believe... Well, a lot of people say, well, it's your time, it's your time. I, I don't know if I believe that or not, because otherwise, why the hell are there first responders? You know, are we fighting it's their time, apparently? I guess that's our job. So, I'll do that. Um, I remember my first uh, CPR call. It was pretty awful. Um, and this was this is kind of typical of, of CPR calls. They always seem to be in uh, kind of cluttered rooms. I guess bedrooms are usually cluttered. Um, mine is a little bit, you know, it's not that unusual. But um, 
you know, trying to get the patient into a position where you got plenty of room and a hard surface underneath them to give good compressions. Um, but I remember that call. I was, uh, I was just on the department, and it was a little bit surreal. And I'd been trained in um, putting in uh, airways, and uh, but uh, and the captain asked me if I felt comfortable doing it, and I just flat out said nope, because I didn't. I I trained on it a little bit, but being comfortable is I think actually watching someone do it to a real person. You know, I I mean it's it's so surreal that it almost takes that to uh, shake you into reality for doing it. And um, so that was kind of, that was a tough one because uh, it was really tiny room, super cluttered, and stuff flying everywhere. Uh, CPR is, it's not dignifying. Uh, I mean, it's necessary, but it's it's messy. And it might look chaotic, but everyone has a job. It's called a pit crew, um, you know, just like in NASCAR. Um, you know, a person goes down just like the car comes in for new tires and uh, fuel and all that. Um, person goes down, uh, we show up, and everyone has a job to do. You know, and uh, usually the officer will be assigning uh, a, a task to a person. You know, um, whether it's uh, bagging or putting uh, an airway in, like say an eye gel, that, that's what's common now. It's a uh, it's a rubber tube that gets shoved down their throat. It's different than the medics that actually put a a tube into to the patient's lungs. Uh, we don't go that far, um, but it is it is fairly invasive and very uncomfortable. So, and if the the patient has any consciousness at all, they will start gagging and freak out. So uh, I've seen that. Um, but then, uh, you know, you got someone doing compressions, and then usually we carry in what's called a Lucas device. And uh, it's basically a, a toilet plunger on the end of a piston that you you strap onto the patient, and it just beats the crap out of them. It just, you know, this thing is just... And, uh, but it's awesome because it, well, for 25 grand, it should be really awesome. But um, it knows how deep to go, how fast to go. Phrasing. Phrasing, Mr. Heibu. Yeah. Um, and then once you do that, because CPR is exhausting. You know, like like being a nihilist. It's very exhausting. So, um, but usually, uh, you know, we do a couple minutes of CPR before we get out to Lucas, and it gives you time to get uh, the bag and everything together. It, very surreal. Um, also, I've had a few kind of odd CPR calls. Now, I went to this uh, one call where um, the patient was in uh, end-stage um, cancer, and uh, we all showed up, and um, We showed up and did our thing and started doing CPR on the patient. There was no pulse, no breathing. Uh, they were dead. And uh, again, end-stage cancer, they were in bad shape. They didn't have a DNR, you know, a do not resuscitate, or a DNI, do not intubate. So, you know, we, we did what we are supposed to do, and we're working on this person. 
and um, the medics came in and took over and hooked up all their stuff. And uh, they they it was pretty obvious that the patient was not going to pull through, and um, it was an unwitnessed arrest. So we think the the patient had been down for over ten minutes, and uh, at that point you're you're not going to get him back, um, unless they're at the bottom of a frozen lake or hypothermia. There's always exceptions, you know. So don't don't come at me, man. You know, but this was pretty obvious this person wasn't going to come back. And everyone knew it, but this medic, this one medic, and I, I don't know whether to say God bless him or what the hell is your problem, he would not give up. He was shoving uh, epi into this person. I think he did uh, four rounds of epi and kept a Lucas going and was giving shots left and right. And... Um, you know, finally, a supervisor showed up and said, uh, stop, stop, enough, enough. And, uh, and you, you could just see how crestfallen that, uh, medic was, you know, the paramedic was just, I, I think after a while, I think we all, and, and I had a, a chief tell me this, he goes, um, well, to finish my thought, after a while, it, it gets old, um, not reviving people, but, you know, we got a lot going against us. Uh, we weren't there when the person went down. Um, if no one started CPR, it's going to make it that much harder to bring the person back to Rosk. Um, that's why I say go out and get certified. Please, please, Mr. Haybu is begging you. Um, but it gets tough, and I had a chief tell me one time... Uh, he. And this is a chief that put on um, 35 plus years, and he says he's never got a ROSC. Now, I was lucky I got ROSC, a ROSC event uh, in the first uh, few years of being a first responder, but that's it. And I remember my chief at that time going, well, I hope you enjoy it, you know, because he passed on the... Um, the email, and he goes, well, enjoy it, because you probably won't get another one, and I was like... Well, that's a, that's a real shit thing to say there, Chief. You know, of course, I didn't say that because he's the Chief. And you don't say that. But I was just thinking that. It's like, well, he's no longer our Chief, of course. Uh, I mean, he's the chief, he is the Chief somewhere. Just not, not for us. But I just I thought that was really discouraging. And But um doesn't matter. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try and do my best every time I get called to do CPR. And, uh, but I also know when to give up. Well, as an EMT, we give up when we're told. We can't call uh, time of death. Um, medics can via a doctor at the hospital. Um, just like Roy and Gage uh, in emergency always had that phone. Um, yeah, they do the same thing now. So, but I had this one chief say, uh, geez, I've been doing CPR for 35 years and, uh, I've never had one live on me. I'd, I must be doing something wrong. No, he, he wasn't doing anything wrong. It, he it, All the factors did not come together for this guy, uh, for him to get ROSC. Now, you know, we've had ROSC with other situations. Uh, my EMT jobs, um, we had a, uh, a hockey player go down, uh, high school age uh, female, 
um, right in front of the net. She had a, a unknown, you know, previously unknown uh, heart condition. And uh, ironically, that was my shift that I gave to a, a brand new uh, EMT who ended up having to do CPR. Luckily, her grandmother was uh, in the crowd or nearby and uh, who was a nurse and uh, helped her out. And they, they brought the person back. Um, unfortunately, uh, the person was so traumatized that the EMT that took my shift, because it was uh, her first shift as an EMT, uh, she quit. It was just, she didn't want to go through it again. I would have been running around high-fiving every person in that stadium personally, but um, we're all different. But it does get uh, really discouraging um, to use CPR and AEDs um, over and over and not get positive results. But it does take um, all the stuff, you know, not to sound like a hippie, but all the stars need to align. Right, Mr. Haypoo? You're quiet today. Good. I like quiet Mr. Haypoo. Um, but, uh, like I say, this poor medic, I, I could just, I could so feel his pain. Now, we're talking about a person who passed away. They were very sick to start with. Um... It's really sad and unfortunate, uh, and families usually witness um, CPR. Um, I did have one call, um, uh, a young, I consider young, um, mid-50s um, woman and her brother, about the same age, uh, were sitting on the couch middle of the afternoon watching TV. Um, uh, the brother had full cardiac arrest, just slumped over and, and fell on her. Um, and she just, like, thought he was messing around. Calls 911. Uh, luckily, uh, one of our um, people lived next door. And uh, when the tones went down, and uh, he got over there and started CPR immediately. And uh, I got there pretty quickly. I was on the first truck. And um, we started working on this guy, and I kind of backed away a little bit because uh, medics came in. Now, the sister was literally running up and down this hallway, you know, not knowing what to do. She had all this anxiety, energy, and was literally, like, like, kind of jogging up and down and putting her hand over her mouth. And I saw her out of the corner of my eye, and I was done with my station. I'd done my rounds and uh, turned over um, everything to the medics. Uh, they still need firefighters for um, going to the hospital and whatnot. But I saw this poor woman running around and I went to talk to her and she just grabbed me and like hugged me really tight and like froze and just stopped, you know. And uh, the, the, the CPR scene, like I say, is very, it looks chaotic, but it's, it's really not. It's organized chaos. But there's, there's shit flying everywhere. There's bags being ripped open with this and that and all kinds of medications. And the Lucas, you know, again, looks like a medieval torture device. Um, it's a great machine, but it literally is just, you know, beating the crap out of someone trying to get them to come back to life. So uh, this sister, I didn't want this sister to witness that. So uh, I said, let's go back to one of these uh, back bedrooms and sit down and let's just, if you want to talk, great. If uh, you want to just sit quietly, uh, that's fine too. But uh, why, don't, why don't you do yourself a favor and just let the medics do their magic and um, work on your brother. And uh, we'll just sit here. 
and we ended up sitting there for about 15 minutes. She talked a little bit, but not a lot. She was in shock. Um, not physical shock, but in disbelief. Um, they ended up taking her um, brother to the hospital with the Lucas device, um, still working on him. And uh, the other bro- another brother showed up to take the sister to the hospital. And uh, it, it was a, a real emotional time. The other brother was real calm, but uh, he took the sister. But I feel like my role in that... Um, in that evolution CPR really worked out and it was just kind of a spontaneous thing I did. You know, I, I wasn't planning on it. I didn't have training for it. You know, I just grabbed, uh, I kind of stood in her way, you know, just to kind of make eye contact to get her to stop running. And, um, that's what ended up happening. Now, uh, I'm not sure the, uh, the outcome, I don't think it, the outcome was very good. But, um, yeah, so that was, uh, that was a sad case, but that's part of it. Again, if you're going to be, uh, uh, EMT and the, and this show is all things EMT, uh, you're going to end up doing an awful lot of things that you weren't necessarily trained for as an EMT, but as a person having empathy and compassion, uh, that's what we need a lot of. You know, um, the the paramedics, you know, they've got great big giant <clears throat> brains. You know, they know how to do uh, drug calculations in their head and uh, to do IVs and uh, cardioversions and all this stuff. Um, and, you know, they, they have empathy and everything too, but uh, they're usually really busy using their brains where we're kind of busy using our, our hands and hearts. Uh, as much as we can to um, bring that person down to some level of of peace or the family. So keep that in mind. If if you're not a big people person, it might not be the job for you. Even though it doesn't matter if you're a people person or not, you should still get your CPR and AED uh, qualification done, your certification for that. Because you never know if you're going to be at a bus stop, at a mall, at some place and someone goes into cardiac arrest you know you're gonna end up being a big damn hero you know and save this person you know give them a little more time uh, it could have been a one-off event um like that hockey player um anyhow so so this is tommy another eh, like i say a short one um take this to heart oh gotta do it no, but take it to heart, no pun intended, actually pun intended, and um, learn CPR, please. I might be standing next to you someday and going to a rest. So, thanks, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And remember to uh, always take care of yourself and take care of other people.